You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. During the next hour, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Good morning. Welcome to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ, 750 AM, 312-255-8408. Father Greg Sacco, it's the rector of Holy Name Cathedral, and co-host Mark Teresi, executive director of the cathedral, and we are live streaming. We are social distancing. We also have both had our uh, shots. And uh, how are you doing today, Mark? I'm doing very well. What a beautiful morning again. Great weekend. Thank you for baptizing our youngest little granddaughter, Eleanor Joy. That was a, what a joyful event. It was a great celebration with your granddaughter, with you there, you know, um, Papa Treats, Mm -hmm. his grandpa, Grandma with Mary, and of course, uh, having done Marty and Shannon presiding their wedding back seven years ago, I made the comment, in those seven years, four beautiful daughters later, and how quickly the years have gone by. It was just a great celebration of life. And uh, I'll tell you, your grandchildren, they are adorable. Well, All five of them. I know. And here's a short little story. So they had a be- um, picnic afterward with the COVID. You know, everybody was outside. And the kids had chalk. And Lydia, who's six, is, she said, I can write your name. <laughs> so she wrote Q-A-Q-A. She wrote the P backwards. <laughs> and I said, Lydia... I said, here's another way to write the P, and I did it correctly. And she looked at me, she started laughing. She said, I wrote qua qua. <laughs> <laughs> is it a papa? Yeah, qua, qua. A, she wrote qua qua. That is, but even that she knew that, that it was is just a, a lot of fun. It was just a great celebration. Yeah, of so life. thank you and, again. Uh, thank you're you. very, very welcome, Mark. And also, uh, here we are into June. <clears throat> the city, the state is easing up on the restrictions for. COVID-19, which might be part of our program today. We have a tremendous program lined up, backed by popular demand. Father Bill Grogan, the Cardinal's Vicar for Healthcare. Bill, how are you this morning? Great. Good morning. Great to be with you and all your listeners and Mark. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Bill, you are a tremendous priest of the Archdiocese. Now, you are actually approaching retirement, but you are not retired because you are the Cardinal's Vicar for Health Affairs, and um, you're certainly not retired. I, you are totally correct. The Cardinal doesn't want, uh, he wants us all to continue witnessing to the gospel. I'm happy to do that. Well, we were, we, we were gl- glad to have you, Bill, because you've been uh, a tremendous priest of diocese for years. I was ordained in 79, you were ordained in 76. 76. Oh, that's right, because you were last year in the theology as I was just beginning in uh, right. 75 and, and 78. And, and Bill was a resident at St. Clement's. No James yet. At the Bill was a resident at St. Clement's. On your CP, were you at Children's or Augustana, or where were you? I was at, I, uh, at that time, the old Children's Campus and the now-closed Grant Hospitals had the student chaplaincy 
TPE program. I and remember that's why that. I was living at St. Clement. Just, okay. just think of that. That was a lot of years ago. We also have, beside Bill on the program this morning, we also have with us uh, James Cifuentes. And uh, James is connected with St. Anthony. Also, we have August or A.J. Quircia Grossa. And uh, uh, A.J. is a chief executive officer of OSF Healthcare. I think we're still waiting for Dennis Ryan, who's connected with Holy Cross Hospital. So, A.J. and I'm James. On. And Dennis, you're there, too? Yes, good morning. Good morning. So, we have morning. what a great starting lineup. We have Father Grogan, and we have A.J., and we have Dennis, and we have James. And... Um, Welcome to the program this morning. And maybe as a way to kind of get things lined up, at least for the first uh, couple of minutes, is uh, maybe for a minute, uh, uh, AJ, give us your as chief executive officer of OSF Healthcare. What does that mean? What do you do? Well, thank you so it's a, much. It's a very lofty uh, title. It's a pleasure to be with you all this morning. And you know, my, my role here in Chicago for OSF Healthcare is really to help organize efforts in our community. And, you know, there's a lot of outreach happening. And just to give you a quick background of our health system, so I'm a part of Little Company of Mary Medical Center. You know, we're located on 95th Street here, oh, sure. just west of Western Avenue, right here in the South uh, Southland, just really in the heart of South Chicago. And OSF and Little Company of Mary merged uh, together um, on February 1st of 2020, one month before the pandemic. COVID, yeah. And so yeah. wow. it's been a wild ride. And, you know, our, for our listeners, you know, the little company of Mary Sisters opened the hospital here in Evergreen Park uh, 91 years ago. And now, you know, they con- connected with the Sisters of the Third Order of St. Francis, who have been um, with their apostolic ministry, you know, founded in Peoria in July of 1877. And so both uh you know, ministries have rich traditions of caring for, you know, vulnerable populations. That is wonderful. And and Dennis at Holy Cross Hospital, what does that mean for all our listeners? Dennis, are you with us? Yes, I am. And in your work, you <laughs> do, and what is your ministry at the Holy Cross Hospital, Dennis? I am the uh, I'm the mission leader for Holy Cross, as well as a couple of other. Uh, we we sort of double up on things. So I I lead external affairs, connections with the community, and also government relations. So now, Dennis, I deal with our, now what what does uh, that mean to be federal, state, city, and uh, county uh, health people? Now, Dennis, to be VP of Mission and External Affairs, what does that mean to the to the to someone like me? Yeah. It's a it's a great lofty title, but. Uh-huh. What does that mean? It's actually just a lot of uh, practical um, putting the pieces together to make sure that we can serve people. And Holy Cross is located right next to Marquette Park. Oh, Marquette sure. Park is on the southwest side of Chicago. We're the only hospital on the southwest side. It's a very densely populated, um, uh, very underserved area that um, is, has been a very financially challenged area for a very long time, for the last 30 years. Now, why the, na- um, why the name Holy Cross? Are you affiliated with the order? So we're not affiliated with Holy Cross. Holy Cross was, uh, began in 1929, the year of the stock market crash. Uh, the area around Marquette Park was largely a Lithuanian immigrant community. Mm-hmm. Uh, a young woman came from Lithuania as an immigrant. Uh, at 
the age of 20. Uh, by the time she was 30, she had opened 16 schools and started the Sisters of St. Casimir. Beautiful. Um, during the time of the crash, the Cardinal of Cardinal Mundelein at the time approached Mother Maria Kaupas, the foundress who is now Venerable Maria Kaupas, um, and uh, asked her if she would be willing to start a hospital because there was a great need for that. Um, their charism, the, the order, was to do education, but she said, if there's a need, we will serve. And within a year, a hospital was, was built. Um, the area of Marquette Park right now is about 50% African American, about 15% Latino. Um, it was one of the most heavily impacted by the 2008-2010 recession. Second highest area in the state of predatory lending. So lots of foreclosures, lots of families that were hurt extremely badly even before COVID. And because this is an area where a lot of people live and very densely populated, as I said before, um, maybe multiple generations in the same household, you might have grandparents and parents and children, uh, it was mo the, the most impacted area in the city of Chicago in terms of COVID. Now, along those so lines, then, uh, uh, we, before we get to a break, it, and then... It, 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 that's a, a little bit of the background about Holy Cross. Okay. We joined well, no, Sinai Health System about eight years ago, so we're, we're a Catholic hospital in a Jewish hospital system. So we've um, done some sort of... Uh, wonderfully ecumenical things together because we have both have a commitment to serving the underserved. We need to go to a break, and then we come back. We're going to talk about James and his background. So, Mark, take us to break here on the program. WNDZ, 750 AM, 312-255-8408. You're listening to Catholic Chicago. We'll continue our discussion on Chicago Catholic health care outreach in a few minutes. Please stay tuned. a gently used laptop or desktop computer that is gathering dust in your home? Consider donating to our Catholic Charities Veterans Computer Project. We will clean out your device, give it new software, and repurpose it for a veteran who is looking for employment. Your gift will make an incredible difference in a veteran's ability to find a job. Catholic Charities provides veteran services throughout Lake and suburban Cook Counties, giving participants an array of professional and personal support. Our veterans have served our country, and it is our privilege to serve them. To learn more about Catholic Charities Veterans Services and the Veterans Computer Project, call 847-782-4219. That's 847-782-4219. Hello, I'm Cardinal Blaise Supich, I got my COVID-19 vaccination, and you should too. It took just a few seconds and was painless. 
The Food and Drug Administration determined the new vaccines are safe and effective. And the Holy See, as well as the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, has concluded getting the COVID-19 vaccine is an act of love of our neighbor and part of our more responsibility for the common good. We have lived with the pandemic for many months, and I know we're all getting tired of it. Vaccination is one of the most important ways you can protect your health and the lives of those you love and help bring the pandemic under control. When it is your turn, I urge you to be vaccinated. And remember to do your part by wearing a mask, washing your hands, and watching your distance. Thank you, and God bless you all. We're back, Catholic Chicago, WNDZ, 750 AM, 312-255-8408. You know, Mark, we have to realize that uh, I want to thank uh, Michael and Brian and Javi. A tremendous job with this whole live streaming. This is a state-of-the-art studio right. with the equipment and the lighting and the monitors. And, and, uh, and gentlemen, A+. plus. He uses that, thank you. that screen when he shows you. Uh, <laughs> the cover. Makes, makes you look younger. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> and Brian need one that has Mark having hair. <laughs> anyway, let's get serious. Uh, we're talking about Chicago Catholic Healthcare Outreach, and we're welcoming to the program James Cifuentes, who is at St. Anthony Hospital. James, welcome. Could you tell us a little bit about your role at St. Anthony's? Maybe a little of your background and a little about, bit about your role at St. Anthony Hospital. Uh, good morning, and thank you for having me on. Um, I am. The Senior Vice President for Mission and Community Development at St. Anthony Hospital. I've been working at St. Anthony going on my 16th year wow. this past April, and I've seen many challenges in the healthcare arena. Um, I'm from the community we serve. I'm born and raised in the back of the yard. I am a um, product of the Catholic school. Uh, I went to St. Joe's Grammar School, Quigley South. Quigley Seminary out when I was there, and I went for a bit to Niles College and graduated from St. Xavier. James, what year did you begin Niles College? For the last James, he interrupt. Six years in one capacity or another. James, what year did you graduate Quigley? James. Yes. What year did you graduate Quigley? High school. You can't hear me. Yeah, you know I can hear you. Can you hear me? I was asking, what year did you graduate from the high school seminary? Oh, um, I graduated from Quigley South in 1981. 81, okay. And from St. Xavier in 1996. Sure, sure. And then you were at Niles? In the early 80s? Yes, exactly. Okay. Under With Father John Cusick there, who was the vocation director. So we'll continue with the work that you do as uh, with mission and community development at St. Anthony Hospital. Um, and I apologize. I don't know why I'm having such a hard time hearing, but... okay. My role at, uh, at St. Anthony Hospital is to uh, 
several. One is part of it is the community development, and it means being engaged in the community, being aware of all the issues that our communities face. We serve a marginalized community. On the north end is the west side, the African-American community. On the south, we have the basically the Latino, Mexican, Mexican-American community. And also moving westward is the Asian-American community. And in the role of a mission person is to ensure that our Catholic faith and our our ministry is being um, lived out, which in every aspect of our hospital we do, just by the fact in the community that we serve, um, we are reaching out to the, those that are in the most need. And it was highlighted during this past year, year and a half or so, with the pandemic. You know, maybe along those lines, and this is a good segue, is uh, for Father Bill Grogan, you know, James is talking about the uh, pandemic. How has the whole health care system, maybe each could speak individually, but Father Bill's would launch. Can you just say that a bit louder, Father Greg? Yeah, the, the thing is, re- regarding the whole health care system, how has the pandemic affected the health care system in Chicago and beyond? Well, of course, the pandemic does not respect nor affirm any particular community. And as a result, it's impacted but also sensitized all of us to the shared health needs that the entire region has. And as a result, the Catholic hospitals like St. Anthony, Little Com- OSF Little Company, Sinai Holy Cross, and uh, certainly all the others, as well as the community hospitals, had to step up. It impacts, it reminds us of how important public health concerns are, not just our own private health concerns. And also what Cardinal Bernardin would repeat, and obviously Cardinal Supich and Cardinal George, and that is healthcare is not a commodity to buy like a hamburger, and if you've got the money, you get it. If you don't, the Catholic hospitals, like AJ pointed out, stepped up and had the doors open as St. Anthony and the Holy Cross did to anybody who came in need. And the second part is it sensitized us to the humane aspect of medicine. Medicine is not a series of interventions done like a oil job to a human being as if we're a car, but the entire person is involved. And that's where chaplains, community workers, and community outreach, the history the Catholic hospitals had of being community-focused, especially for the vulnerable, was underscored. So COVID has been like a kick in the head to remind us of the humanity we all share. Thank you so much. We're going to take a little break. Um, I remember years ago, WGN would say, because there's some background noise, I remember Wally Phillips or any of them would say, please turn your radios down (laughs) as as we're talking. WNDZ 750 AM on your dial. Catholic Chicago 312-255-8408. We'll be back to continue our conversation on Chicago Catholic Healthcare Outreach. Please stay tuned.
Hey, it's Timothy Johnston here from Liturgy Training Publications. Over the past few months, I'm sure you've found yourself at home more, whether it's working from home or watching live stream masses on Sunday mornings. As we begin adjusting to this at the beginning of the pandemic, one of the things I missed the most was gathering with friends at the parish. That's why we at LTP have created this new virtual gathering series called Living the Sunday Word. We meet virtually on Thursday evenings each week and reflect on the upcoming Sunday readings. And with that, we share stories to help us more fully reflect on the Word of God. I'm inviting each of you to join us, a group of friends meeting virtually from all parts of the country. So visit ltp.org for more information and to register. You won't want to miss this. Caring adults make all the difference in the lives of adolescents. Catholic Charities understands this, and our mentorship program provides a free opportunity for youth living in Lake County to spend time, virtually, with volunteers who genuinely care about them. This program is ideal for youths age 9 to 12 who may need support navigating the challenges of childhood and early adolescence. Our amazing volunteers serve as friends and role models who help youth recognize their strengths and empower them to reach their full potential. Catholic Charities conducts a thorough background check on every volunteer, and our program coordinator closely monitors and supports each relationship. Mentoring is a fun after-school program that is totally different from remote learning. Virtual group sessions help youth enjoy fun activities with their peers, too. We're connecting youth with great role models. Join us today. To learn more, call 312-937-3375. That's 312-937-3375. We're back, Catholic Chicago, WNDZ, 7.50 a.m., 312-255-8408. We're discussing Chicago Catholic Healthcare Outreach. And AJ, a question for you. Sure. I, I would see all of you in your positions as first responders in a way. Um, and how has, how has COVID impacted you personally? In, and the mission. Yeah, and the mission um, as you've lived through this last year and a half. You know, it's a, what a great question that, you know, for me personally, it's been, you know, just trying to step it up, right, and continue our outreach. I, you know, I I applaud our, our frontline workers, those, you know, are, from registration to, you know, our ER staff to our ICU, our floors. I mean, they just worked tire, tirelessly. And, you know, they they haven't had a break in, in, in more than a year. And, you know, those are the things that really, I think, concern me the most. And I know my colleagues on the phone, their, their staff, too, have been inundated. But, you know, I think the resilience of really our, we call our employees mission partners um, at Little Company of Mary, and, you know, they, they're just resilient. And, and I think that's, that's the strength of, you know, living here on the south side. So, again, I, I don't think our work is done. You know, I think COVID, now that we're moving you know, to reopening the state, we're seeing less numbers. I, I think we're just beginning to see the ramifications of individuals in our communities not seeking health care during the pandemic. And, 
you know, that that's going to be our biggest challenge over the next 12 to 20 months. And maybe, the, maybe the very same question for you, Dennis. How has it impacted you personally and also the mission that you do? Uh, thanks. Uh, uh, happy to respond to a really good question. Um, I think personally it's, um, it's, it's been very um, challenging. Uh, it's also been... Um, it's been very difficult um, for our staff and for and for families in our communities. Um, we're we're dealing with people who literally are on the threshold or even below the threshold of poverty many times, and so a lot of the resources, things like food, um, like being able to pay rent, um, uh, to be able to get medications that are necessary, you see how that has impacted so many people in such a a devastating way so it's the the challenges are huge um i'm aware of one of a a community leader active in one of the catholic parishes his mother died uh these these are people in their 60s his mother died on a monday his father died on a wednesday his aunt died on a thursday all covid related wow um you, you it's just and we we help out with a food pantry at saint rita parish and um, still, I, we are giving out that they are giving out over five thousand dollars a week in fresh food to people who just don't have enough food, mm. um, because the impact on, on the lower income people, service workers, etc., of the job shortages has been so severe. So, as Father Grogan had said, these are all interconnected things. Yeah, along and we with, believe that healthcare isn't separate from a lot of the other life issues that are that really need to be respected and cherished. And that's a great point. And uh, James, let's go for the trifecta. How has the whole situation with COVID impacted you and your mission? I think, as uh, my colleagues have stated, um, I'll first start with me and then the hospital. No one, I think, not just me, I think everyone in every space, every place all over the world, impacted by, for the first time in all our lives, um, an experience named pandemic has really changed all our lives in so many ways. St. Anthony Hospital is in the zip code of 60623, and at the height of the pandemic, it was the highest, uh, hardest hit of those that were suffering from the COVID. At one point, the state's positivity rate was like 20-something percent. At St. Anthony, it was over 60 percent. Wow. That many people coming in. And it really called to what our mission was. I mean, one of the things is a lot of what people don't realize is there was a lot of, I would say, craziness going behind the scenes. A lot of the nurses were being swayed to other states, to other places for higher money. They're making up to 100 to $150 an hour. And there's no way as a safety net that we could even compare to that. And, you know, true and true, our physicians, our nurses, and the whole entire staff, those that are committed and living out the mission, stood through. Even though they had opportunities, I think even to this day, to pursue more earnings. But I think when people come to work for a hospital like ours, it's put to the test. If your mission is truly to serve the, those that are on the fringes of society, well, you want to make sure you have your people that are really there with you. And that has been the case for us. And that even fell through with all the, came through, I should say, with 
the manner in which we went out into the community to make sure that people got access to vaccination. We're going to continue. It's such a important, important discussion. And maybe when we come back, uh, we can talk to each of our guests about what has changed in terms and what services are still available to folks as they live through this pandemic. As some, um, I don't know if Father Bill had said it, but this isn't over. This no. isn't over. Oh, no, and no. you folks are in the middle of whatever's next, the next chapter that we're writing. So we'll be back, WNDZ, 7.50 a.m. on your dial, Catholic Chicago, 312-255-8408. We'll continue our discussion on Chicago Catholic Healthcare Outreach, the future, what services are going to be available as we continue to live through this pandemic. We'll be back in a few minutes. Please stay tuned. ministry is a core ministry of our Catholic faith tied to the corporal works of mercy. It's comforting to know that our Catholic cemeteries are caring for the remains of our loved ones awaiting the resurrection. There are 44 Archdiocese of Chicago Catholic cemeteries willing to help you in your time of loss. Call 708-449-6100 or visit catholiccemeterychicago.org. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837. Catholic Charities Schreiber Center for Human Services is now open in Round Lake. Due to the pandemic, we are limited in the number of in-person programs that we currently can provide. However, a food pantry is open twice a week and a Wednesday night supper is held with to-go meals every week. A wide range of senior services are now offered as well. If we can assist you or someone you know, please call us at 847-546-5733. That's 847 847- Five four six five seven three three. Before, during, and after COVID nineteen, Catholic Charities is here for you. You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ seven fifty AM every Monday through Friday from eight AM to nine AM. The Archdiocese of Chicago presents programming about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. Catholic Chicago, WNDZ, 750 AM on your dial, 312-255-8408. We're talking about our Chicago Catholic Health Care Outreach. Father Bill, uh, as you look at our health outreach and you look at the next chapters that our health care system will be living through, what are the priorities you see in terms of 
we can't go back. We can't say, oh, here, we're going to go back to where we were. We'll never do that. But what, what are some future priorities that you see need to be addressed? That's a very good question, and I'm, I'm going to give a 10,000-foot answer, a 5,000-foot answer, and a bedside answer. Okay, and the good. bedside will start. I'm sure my colleagues, all of us on this call are men, but we want to keep in mind it was the women of the church, like Dennis referenced with uh, Venerable Maria, it was the women of the church who in the past and still continuing today uh, inspire and frame, whether it's on the bedside, the organizational, or the community 10,000-foot level, those women and their being fed at the Eucharist keeps these operations going. So with all the good men, I just want to underscore that. Where we're going in terms of population health, I think this has been a kick in the head to government leaders that public health has to be refunded. Public health was gutted financially, and now we can see that incremental patient-by-patient care, of course, is one answer, but we have to think of population health in communities, which these three hospitals certainly are doing in their outreach. The second thing is to be aware that we have different waves of emphasis. So we're looking at now where were the dominant number of deaths initially were in the geriatric older people population like me. Mm -hmm. And the second wave will be working with and educating uh, immigrants, especially to our country and the poor on good health practices since many of them never had access to health care, certainly from south of the border or in some Asian countries like some of our European immigrants. And we have to keep in mind while we've talked about the Latinx population, we have other folks coming from Europe who, while have had some type of socialized medicine, they too in this country lack it. And the very last thing is to help and recruit younger people to get into the health service roles like Loyola is starting with its um, new school of health sciences so that we can not only train people to be skilled but have the underlying ethos that the women religious who founded, sponsor, and continue in various ways sponsoring these ministries, as we note them, uh, go forward and tying them into other services like Catholic Charities in the community. That's, those are great responses, yeah. Bill, and uh, <clears throat> tremendous, good summary of the whole thing. In fact, along those lines, then, A.J., based on what Father Bill Grogan has mentioned, I don't mean to ask an unfair question, but I'm going to, maybe, and that is, uh, in the light of the work that you do, our world has been shaken the last 15 months or more by the pandemic. How have you responded in the last several months to the importance of getting the shot when people responded to you, the whole thing has been a hoax, it's all political, I'm not going to be a guinea pig. And how do you connect all of that with health care? Because there's no way you can separate health care from the pandemic the last 15 months. It's been in our face. And by the way, I keep telling people things are improving, but the game isn't over. Mm-hmm. We're right. still you in know, COVID. Yeah. You know, thank you for the question. It's, you know, it was tough. You know, in the early beginnings, you know, it was hard to even get the shots. You know, it was hard to get the, you know, the supply chain. But, you know, kudos to the city health departments, the county health departments, and really helping us get, you know, organized around that. I mean, we were able to, you know, outreach very early on to our first responders, our clergy, you know, 
and, and our senior populations as well as, you know, the healthcare workers. But, you know, today I think the biggest opportunity and, you know, check out the websites of, you know, all of your healthcare systems because I think we're all doing a good job trying to, you know, demystify some of the, you know, I call them the myths. Uh, about the vaccine. So, you know, OSF Healthcare, you know, www.osfhealthcare.org, there's a lot of information out there to try to get individuals the right information because, you know, we've heard that, you know, people, uh, young women don't, don't, are, are, are fearful, you know, as they're in their fertile years mm-hmm. about, you know, issues with pregnancy. But, but we've got to keep continuing to get that information out, out to the public so that you use science, you know, versus the fear of it. And, you know, to be frank, I, I do personally think that our work, everybody, you know, across the city, the state, you know, getting everybody vaccinated has really helped us get to this point this week, right, of being able to reopen. So, again, we just have to keep doing it, be diligent, and, you know, stay strong because we aren't out of the woods yet. No, that's great response. And, and what's interesting to me is we've had, we had a grandson and a granddaughter born during the pandemic. And um, it leads me to this question. You know, I look at our little Nellie, and she had only contact with her family for the most part for all that time. And she's fearful of people now. Um, I noticed even at the baptism, Nellie was overwhelmed by 20, 25 people right. when normally she would not be. No. But the pandemic has just made everyone so isolated. Right. And that's my question. I, I, I understand the physical health needs that we have to come to. But what about, um, Dennis, what about um, the mental health? Uh, process of healing. Uh, is the hospital involved in anything that looks at that area? Yes, um, we have a number. Of, the mental health is uh, a very large component of the after, aftermath of, of COVID. It was mental health issues were also um, very significant prior to COVID. Right. This has exacerbated that. Right. And so as a result of it, um, you see uh, increased evidence of uh, individuals and families that have more serious mental health issues, that's expected to go on. Um, It's also uh, been an uptick in terms of of people who uh, are manifesting chemical dependency because Mm -hmm. the the tension, the friction, the uh, fear that has gone on with this has just made um, many of those people who suffer from mental health and oftentimes treatable, uh, but it's made that um, more profound for them. And also, it's made treatment harder to get um, because of all the limitations and restrictions that were put in place. So I think that's going to be an ongoing problem. We're also quite honestly seeing, it's not, I wouldn't say mental health, but we're seeing um, the effect of the, of the, uh, tiredness um, that this has placed on our caregivers. And to go back to what you were talking about before, um, what are the ways that we can try to encourage people to get the vaccine? If you look at this as, you know, everything is a combination between freedom and responsibility. And part of the responsibility is to be able to give back to those people who literally put their lives on the line, people who were um, 
stock and shelves in grocery stores or cashiers or bus drivers or the housekeepers who are cleaning the rooms um, when new patients come in, et cetera. And a way to give back to them is in both in terms of their physical and also the mental health is to have us be as healthy as possible, and the vaccine is the direction to do that. That's a very, very good point. We're going to take a little break. WNDZ, 7.50 a.m., Catholic Chicago, 312-255-8408. We'll continue our conversation, Chicago Catholic Healthcare Outreach, the future. What are we looking at in terms of the resources being provided by each of your areas um, to help heal? the folks who have lived through this terrible pandemic. We'll be back in a few minutes. Please stay tuned. is exactly what its name implies. It's an easy-to-understand explanation of the Word of God, the Gospel. Hello, I'm Father James McElhone, Director of Biblical Formation for the Archdiocese of Chicago. I'd like to invite you to take our free online Bible study program by going to thewordmadeclear.org. Our website offers an audio-based guide to the Gospels of Mark, Matthew, Luke, and John. Listen to my lectures and follow along with the handouts provided. There are even discussion guides. You can also explore the biblical roots of the Mass. And there are links to a wide variety of biblical sources that will benefit both teachers and students of the sacred scriptures. Just go to wordmadeclear.org to experience our free online Bible study program. Again, it's free at wordmadeclear.org. It's the Word of God. Enjoy. Throughout our nation and our world, people of all faiths have recently been joining fervently in all kinds of prayer. They have found that coming together in prayer is a source of comfort and strength. In this spirit of unity, the Archdiocese of Chicago has introduced a call to prayer, a telephone line dedicated to prayer. If you would like to join with another person in prayer, call 312-741-3388. This line is staffed from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. daily with parishioners from across the Archdiocese of Chicago. These volunteers are here to listen to you, offer support, and pray with you. A call to prayer includes a 24-hour voicemail and email options as well. Experience this wonderful opportunity to join with people just like you who trust in the power of prayer. That phone number again is 312-741-3388. Let's pray together today. We're back, Catholic Chicago, WNDZ, 7.50 a.m., 312-255-8408. We're talking about our Chicago Catholic health care outreach in the future to some degree. James, 
What about this past year and a half? Um, if you looked at your responsibilities, uh, what's the hardest part of this past year and a half? And then moving forward, what do you anticipate being challenges for you? I think the um, one of the most challenging parts of this past year and a half was uh, it, it took this pandemic to show the inequality in healthcare for all those in the country. Mm-hmm. And uh, we live it every single day being, you know, servicing the west side of Chicago, North Lawndale, Austin, the Little Village, Brighton Park, back of the yards, and in China town as well as they move the challenge is the the lack of understanding of how communities were impacted and continue to be impacted i think it speaks to the way that we went out into the community to get people educated we were able to hire over 80 people from the community to get in places where people were at because we knew they were going to have hesitancy about the vacancy um the uh covid um, my words are, excuse me, um, the vaccine. Mm-hmm. And so what we did was we hired people, promotoras, health educators, to get out into the community to meet them at the laundromats, at the uh, stores, wherever they were at. And we began with just engaging people and educating them about it. Then right then and there, if they were interested, which a lot were after we had uh, people engage them, they would call right directly into St. Anthony Hospital, and they'd walk out of that store with their two appointments. And as they came into the hospital, we had health navigators all throughout the hospital because we understood when people were coming into a health care facility, even St. Anthony, for 125 years that we've been serving the community, there's still a hesitancy just walking through, especially during this atmosphere politically and with the pandemic. Exactly. And we made people feel as comfortable as they could every six feet every 10 feet they were engaged with a warm handoff to somebody else to get them to the place where to get vaccinated and then back out i think our future with that is to do what we continue to do we're probably the best practice in that where we got out into community hired over 80 people and the reason we did that because we realized if we hired from the community one it's a good thing but really the people that touch the people the most and can relate to them the most we're going to be the people that live in these communities Mm -hmm. And so we were able to make a big impact in doing that, and um, we're glad that we do. I think a, in the future a... we'll continue to advocate, as our colleagues would say, a lot of the hospitals that serve the underserved continue to get to be underfunded. An example would be the challenges the MCOs bring to us. We have for-profit companies who have made records. BGA did a article how they did record profits on Medicaid. And uh, as everyone knows, a for-profit company's fiduciary responsibility is to maximize their profits, and yet they're in charge of paying out to hospitals like ours that serve the uh, marginalized Mm -hmm. uh, our payments. And so it's really a challenge from that component to try to get our fair pay and our fair share. And so I think the advocacy to the state and to challenge these MCOs, and have a, I have a big personal issue with for-profit companies doling out money to those that are serving the poor. Um, that doesn't equate to me. And so we'll continue to fight every political challenge in those capacities as we move forward. You made along those lines of you made along those lines of Father Bill Grogren, uh, James, and that has happened because of COVID. 
um, or I should say it's been happening, but it's just been highlighted during this time. At the very same time for Father Bill Grogan, Cardinal's Vicar for Health Affairs. Uh, Bill, all of us have been affected in many ways by health care, by the COVID, and maybe just for a moment, in the work that you do, and things have so changed the last 15 months, I've just been impressed by the priests there. I just died in Chicago, well, all, all the brothers, priests in Chicago, the deacons, um, but especially those who were the first responders in COVID situations. So just in the work that you have done moving forward in the area of health care, what needs to be addressed that is not being addressed right now? And that's, that's a tough question. Well, I want to first uh, concur with what uh, Jim said and uh, AJ and uh, Dennis, and just what you and Mark have pointed out. Um, I would say going forward for the clergy, just to speak on the clergy, mm-hmm. but also clergy in our parishes, we have to be aware that our presence in people's lives and their suffering in our lives is what draws us together uh, to give hope, as well as what we celebrated yesterday, the true presence of Christ in our lives at Eucharist, in the Scripture, but especially like Jim was noting on the folks handing off uh, neighborhood uh, residents one to the other within the hospital. We have to be aware we are in this together, and the priest's role in many ways certainly is to do just what our uh, brother priest did, along with so many other women chaplains and lay chaplains and folks, is to reach out and help us be uh, in solidarity as the mystical body of Christ, as we used to uh, emphasize, to give that heartfelt presence the nun founders, you know, so strongly emphasize. So going forward, the priests have to be better educated on both uh, population health, how it impacts their parishioners, their old people, their kids in the schools, in the neighborhood, and also how to partner with health care ministries. Catholic people should be going to Catholic hospitals. And like uh, Jim said, if we can get government aid to help support that, that's so important instead of going to, you know, for-profit uh, private industries. That's our Catholic ministry, but every priest has to remind the Catholic people it's a shared responsibility. Before Bill, before Mark takes a break, I'm just noticing this beautiful picture of you, Father Bill Grogren, on the uh, screen for live streaming. I didn't realize that you gave us your first Holy Communion picture. That was very good, (laughs) or the ordination (laughs) picture. Well, I'm giving you a hard time because we're good friends going way back. Mark, take us to break. Okay. Uh, and one other comment that Father Bill had said, which is, is very important, um, as people experience illness and they're in a Catholic hospital, and I can speak from experience for an extended illness a while back, it's so important now for our ministers to bring Eucharist to, mm-hmm. to the to folks who are in the, the hospital. To, because that's a dimension to healing that... Um, it's an intangible in some ways, but not for Catholics. For Catholics, it's part of the healing process. So Right, and we're really talking not about just hospitals, but the doctor medical groups like OSF, little company has, and, and obviously St. Anthony's and uh, Sinai Holy Cross, but to populate those offices so that we don't have to have the higher cost 
that are unnecessary at times of going into the hospital emergency room. Exactly. Exactly. Perfect. We're going to take a little break. WNDZ, 7.50 a.m., Catholic Chicago, 312-255-8408. And we'll continue our conversation, Chicago Catholic Health Care Outreach, and we'll continue to talk about some future plans. We'll be back in a few minutes. Please stay tuned. Adults make all the difference in the lives of adolescents. Catholic Charities understands this, and our mentorship program provides a free opportunity for youth living in Lake County to spend time, virtually, with volunteers who genuinely care about them. This program is ideal for youths age 9 to 12 who may need support navigating the challenges of childhood and early adolescence. Our amazing volunteers serve as friends and role models who help youth recognize their strengths and empower them to reach their full potential. Catholic Charities conducts a thorough background check on every volunteer, and our program coordinator closely monitors and supports each relationship. Mentoring is a fun after-school program that is totally different from remote learning. Virtual group sessions help youth enjoy fun activities with their peers, too. We're connecting youth with great role models. Join us today. To learn more, call 312-937-3375. That's 312-937-3375. Hello, I'm Cardinal Blaise Supich. I got my COVID-19 vaccination and you should too. It took just a few seconds and was painless. The Food and Drug Administration determined the new vaccines are safe and effective and the Holy See, as well as the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, has concluded getting the COVID-19 vaccine is an act of love of our neighbor and part of our moral responsibility for the common good. We have lived with the pandemic for many months, and I know we're all getting tired of it. Vaccination is one of the most important ways you can protect your health and the lives of those you love and help bring the pandemic under control. When it is your turn, I urge you to be vaccinated. And remember to do your part by wearing a mask, washing your hands, and watching your distance. Thank you, and God bless you all. back, Catholic Chicago, WNDZ, 7.50 a.m. On your dial, 312-255-8408. In the last few minutes, we have J um, AJ. I wanted to ask you the same question I asked James. The challenge this last year in terms of your position, and what do you see as your future challenges as you move forward? 
Oh, thank you very much. And again, thanks for the opportunity to be on the program today. You know, the the challenge is, you know, really just faced with the uncertainty, right? We started in March of last year, not even knowing how to care for COVID. And then we got better on how to treat and, and care for the, the most vulnerable. But I think our, our biggest challenge now is really getting back out into the community, you know, health screenings, health promotions, because, you know, as I mentioned, many people, you know, were fearful of getting out and did not seek health care. And so, you know, chronic illness continues to, you know, elevate. And, you know, we've got to get out to our communities about the importance of early detection, you know, diagnostics and screenings and, and really get to the heart of the communities around each one of our institutions. And, you know, now it's, can we get enough staff to do that as we're continuing to care for very, very sick patients who, who really don't have COVID right now. So again, we just ask for all your prayers as we continue that outreach to the most vulnerable communities. Right, and I think part of that is what Father Bill had talked about, using parishes in partnership to promulgate the messages forward and the resources forward. And I'm going to turn it over to Father Greg because we only have a few minutes left. Do we have more time? Oh, we do? Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. Oh, we have more than a few minutes. More than a few minutes. Well, Dennis, why don't I ask you then your your challenge this last year? uh, And And as you look to the future, moving forward, what do you see as challenges? I think our biggest challenge at this point is to um, get the word out there, as Father Grogan had said earlier, that um, people who have other illnesses um, or need to get medical care, that in general, hospitals are very safe environments right now, um, and that to put off care oftentimes means that people get more seriously ill and are at higher risk, and so it's important to get Um, that message out. I think the other thing is that we continue to recognize that this this epidemic has shown a very bright spotlight on some of the things where inequalities and unfairness and injustice exist. I think if we're grounded in the fundamental um, uh, uh, part of our Christianity that human beings were created in the image and likeness of God, we have to deal with the ongoing issues um, that have been brought up in regard to uh, prejudice and injustice and racism. It's all connected. And our job is to, to help both the people who are giving care, the caregivers, the doctors, the nurses, the, the, um, the people who clean the rooms or, or do the, um, make the food. Um, all Dennis, I hate to interrupt you. We need to bring the program to a close. You guys have been tremendous guests it's here. Tremendous. want to thank in a very special way Father Bill Grogan, Cardinal's Vicar for Health Affairs, and want to thank Father Bill for coordinating and organizing the program. Bill, great job. Also, special thank you to A.J. Quercia Grossa, Dennis Ryan, James D.C. Fuentes. Uh, gentlemen, you have been fantastic today. Thank you. Special thanks to co-host Mark Teresi, our engineers and producers, Michael May. Brian, Hockey Hitman Brock, Javi Garcia, to all of our listeners, God bless. Go White Sox, go Cubs. Have a great week. Thank you. Thank you you very much. God bless. Join us every Monday through Friday at this time for Catholic Chicago. You can stream our programs live or listen to past programs by visiting our website, archchicago.org, and clicking on Radio TV. And please connect with Catholic Chicago on social media.